0: You're listening to Hashtag No Filter With Zach Peter That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur I'm the reality TV junkie Self-improvement addict and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at just plain Zach, because I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you wanna stay up to date with the latest reality tea, go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram, or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. And I'm gonna tell you you're gonna wanna join the private Facebook group because not only is it free, but it's also private. And you know, we we like Privates on this show. I like lots of privates. I like man privates. Um, And so you're going to want to join because I let you in on what guests are going to be coming up. I have a very special guest coming up in a couple of weeks. I teased today's guest. You sent in a couple of questions for her. I'm sitting, not, I I miss saying sitting in studio, but I'm sitting in my apartment studio sipping on some blondies because I am a naturally platinum blonde. And I figured I want to bring back the drink of the week. So this week's drink of the week, I figured was going to be a little blondies bubble. I'm drinking the lemon lime fiber. Mm. which Jenny McCarthy sent to me, and I love it. It's delicious. It's available at Rite Aid, and I'm going to get drunk on it tonight because it's Sunday, even though you're listening to this on Wednesday, but I'm going to get lit today. I'm probably going to have a margarita after this. Let's be real. But the blondies are a perfect pregame. All right. Well, I'm super excited to have on today's badass because she always keeps it real when I she kept it real when I asked her about the Girardies. And today she's going to be giving me her unfiltered dish on Jen Shaw, here to answer all of our burning legal questions. Please welcome back Emily D. Baker. I'm so happy to
1: be here. Thank you for having me back. Can you believe it? We talked right before everything popped off. I know it's just wild. It's I know. wild. And I can't wait to talk. I can't wait to catch up and talk to Jen Shaw. Like wh- what is even happening? We thought the
0: Girardi stuff was like (laughs) insane. And then Jen Shaw goes and gets arrested. And it was like, well, now I need to have Emily back because we need to break this down because I have so many questions. And my personal take on it is this is probably the worst of the housewives legal issues we've seen so far. Because with Teresa, she was just a little bit of a ding dong and her husband was the real crook. With Erica, her husband's the real crook and she can easily play the innocent wife that kept her head in the sand, who probably doesn't have much of a moral compass now based off of her thirsty Instagram posts. But Jen Shaw is like looking like a mastermind in this scheme. And so I'm curious as to what, well, actually, let me get your initial reaction when this all sort of broke. Was it like, oh my God, this is another big Girardi scandal? Or did you think that there was like an inch of innocence here?
1: I was actually kind of shook when this all went down. I mean, I had been live streaming and I got off stream and my phone and my DMs, I'm sure yours were too, like everything was just blowing up. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, they're filming and they're arresting Jun shot. And I hopped onto Clubhouse into one of the Bravo rooms to hear what everybody had to say because the Bravo watchers had all the tea on what was going on with production. And I was pulling up the indictment and the AUSA's press release. The thing about the feds is... They don't play. And so I was a criminal prosecutor in Los Angeles. I was a deputy district attorney. That's on the county prosecution level. Yes, LA is one of the biggest ones. Yes, they do a lot of celebrity cases. The feds are a whole different ball game, And we would get cases at the DA's office that the feds didn't want because they weren't enough of a slam dunk with the bow on video, like chef's kiss, walk it through to trial. So that's how they roll. They don't bring indictments that they think they are likely to lose. And that tends to be their standards. So when a filing standard is beyond a reasonable doubt, the feds take that plus, 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 they have unlimited resources to investigate these things. And we know that this is a fairly substantial investigation because once we got into it, this is not just Jen Shaw and Stuart Smith. There are 10 other Mm -hmm. defendants who were arrested in November 2019. And the timing on all of this
0: is very interesting. Okay, so talk to me. Let's go back to November 2019, which was around the same time when we had the announcement for Real Housewives of Salt Lake City at BravoCon. So explain to me what happened around that time. Because when I was listening, to, when I was looking at your analysis of it, it looks like she knew that these people that she was connected to were going under. So going onto a reality show, knowing that you could potentially be pulled into this, even if it was as, you know, being charged criminally, criminally, or just as a witness, she had to have known something was going to be coming up on her. So talk me through what happened in November of 2019. Absolutely.
1: So that document was unsealed. So what happened with both of these indictments? So the, the 2019 one is the underlying indictment. That's what I'm calling it. It's the first one. And then the Genshaw indictment is the 2021 indictment. What happened with both of these is that they went to grand jury. That means the prosecution put together almost a mini trial, but no defense attorneys. And they present everything to the grand jury and are like, Hey peeps, this is what's up. And then the peeps go, yeah, that sounds like enough to charge them with these crimes. So it's a lower standard than a criminal trial, but it's indicted through grand jury. So evidence been presented. That means that the investigation, by the time they take it to grand jury, is pretty well done. They're not anticipating to get a lot more except what they get in an arrest and a search because of an arrest. So November 19, 2019. 10 individuals are arrested. They're alleged to be the ones running sales floors. Jen, Sean, Stuart Smith are alleged to be the individuals bringing in leads and providing the leads to these the sales floors. So these are the call centers, if you will, that are selling people on the fraudulent Alleged fraudulent business opportunities, as they're calling it. Okay,
0: so then are these other people the ones that were the ones committing the scheme, and Jen Shaw was basically just feeding them the leads?
1: That's what it seems like from okay. everything that I've read. They're the ones that are on the phone selling the people the business opportunities that the government is alleging were not legitimate business opportunities, that were fraudulent business opportunities. Jen was the one bringing in the people. And according to the indictment, she and Stuart Smith were deciding which of these sales floors, because there are multiple in different states, which business opportunity, the different leads were going to. So she's placing people with the sales and then receiving a cut of whatever sold. So if somebody sold $10,000 worth of business opportunity, business, 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 she's getting a cut of that. And that is going into the offshore accounts
0: as alleged in her indictment. So then this picture that we have of her being the mastermind behind the scheme is that accurate or is that us just wanting to play it up and really these other people that are involved are more of the masterminds and she's just kind of one of the links so
1: as i see it there's no selling anybody anything if there's no one to sell so if you're the one that's you know baiting the hook and the others are just reeling it in um i i don't see her as less culpable We don't have the full weight of the scheme on the indictments. They indict on a minimal amount of information. I'm sure more will come out. But what was key to me is listening in on the arraignment. The AUSA said to the court, these are two at the top of this scheme. What we also know from the timing of this indictment is that they didn't have enough to link her to it in 2019, or she would have been indicted with everybody else. We also know that four people have now pled. I imagine some of those people helped and this is my speculation as a former prosecutor, I imagine some of those people helped close those loops for the government Mm. because in the press release, the commissioner for NYPD said, this brings this scheme to an end. So Jen and Stuart Smith were the last pieces they were trying to get, But what I know from my work is it's generally easier to find the low-level people that are doing the things and harder to get up the chain to the higher-level people. And so the timing of it is suspicious to me, the fact that they couldn't get her in 2019 because she was not the one running the sales floors. But as far as copability goes, I can see these other defendants going, look, we're just making the
0: phone calls. She's the one bringing in the people. So is there because we now know that she's pled not guilty. Is there a sliver yeah. of a chance, like even just like the teeniest little ant hair chance that she's innocent? Of all there's
1: always a chance, there's always a chance. Look, she's presumed innocent until until it is proven, right? And what I'm saying is that the AUSAs do not play. So, with these charges against her and with the weight of the evidence against her, her defense very well may be I didn't know that what they were selling is fraudulent, and the government's going to have to show that she knew that the people she was bringing into the scheme were not getting what they thought they were being sold i imagine she's not going to argue she's not involved that she's going to argue that she didn't know it was fraudulent and so i can't see her saying she's not involved
0: so then i would then predict it would be like a a he said she said where they're like she's the one that was bringing in vulnerable people vulnerable people and she would be like well no i didn't know that they were actually providing fraudulent services and then just becomes one big circle jerk the problem's going
1: to be if you thought it was legitimate why move it through so many companies why move it into offshore accounts why why move money in suspicious ways and the government is going to bring in a weight of evidence and point to her and say if you're innocent if you think this is a legitimate business why are your names not on these business accounts why are you moving money in this way why are you making such large cash withdrawals and even if even if She is not found to be guilty of this. It doesn't mean she's not involved. It means she's not criminally copable. I imagine that this has sparked an interest over at the IRS and that there will also be a large tax investigation. Those things tend to go hand in hand, especially given the government's allegation that these businesses are moving. uh, One of them alone was moving upwards of $5 million with large amounts of cash withdrawals. The IRS does not love hearing
0: large amounts of cash withdrawals. Right. Okay. So Kimya on Facebook wants to know if other defendants in the Gen Shaw cases have pled guilty, why wouldn't she, what possible outcome does she think she would have if she maintained her innocence?
1: So she is too early on in the proceedings to plead anything other than not guilty. Okay. Her attorneys need to see everything that the government has. Cause if the government, the job of the defense attorney is not just to prove innocence, it's to prove not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. We don't have to prove you're innocent. We just have to prove that you're not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt and have to make sure that the government did it right. So they're going to attack the credibility of the evidence, credibility of uh, witnesses, attack the way evidence was gathered. And that's their job to make sure that everything being brought in is proper. So they are not trying to necessarily prove that she had no involvement in this. They're trying to prove I would imagine that she didn't know that it was fraudulent. That would be my guess.
0: But wouldn't, and again, you know the law better than I do, wouldn't it make more sense to then plea no contest? Or is that like not a thing that we do?
1: Oh, it's a thing you do when you're saying that you're guilty. So no contest is a, I'm not accepting civil liability, but I'm not fighting this case either. So you can see no contest, please, in a situation where there is a civil suit. So if these victims were also suing her personally for their loss of money, Pleading guilty means I admit that I did it. And then that can carry over into a civil lawsuit saying, no, she already said she did it. Why do we have to prove it? She said she did it. You don't have to prove I did it. No contest is saying I am not going to continue to fight the criminal case because I want to take this deal, but I'm not accepting guilt because I don't want it to be used against me in this civil liability realm. And that's where you would see no contest and you wouldn't expect that at arraignment because her defense hasn't seen all of the evidence and i imagine there are terabytes of evidence that the defense is going to have to go through turned over from the government because this is going to be high uh highly digital highly document based and they've also seized all her electronics and are still doing forensics on those when she was arrested so there's nothing to do other than plead not guilty and her defense attorneys start plowing through the discovery
0: So one thing that I did find interesting was the timing of when everyone else was being investigated and when the alleged money laundering had stopped because it was around the same time, which was also around the same time that they announced Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And I believe casting had already been done at that point because filming was only the end of 2019, early 2020. And it was supposed to premiere in like quarter one or quarter two of 2020, but ended up getting delayed because of the whole covid pandemic world global shutdown Um, so she was already cast on the show and she was already set to film if they hadn't begun filming at that point can you explain the money laundering situation the alleged you know what shore accounts she had and when and why that you think that stopped
1: So I can just go by what's in these two indictments, but it was very interesting to me that in the Jen Shaw and Stuart Smith indictment, they alleged the telemarketing scheme through March of 2021, but they only alleged the conspiracy with money laundering through 2019 when these other defendants were arrested. So that shows me that the government's acknowledging that something changed when these other defendants were arrested. I imagine what changed is the cut she was getting from them and moving it through these different bank accounts. And so she knew that there was a change in circumstance based on these two documents and how I'm interpreting them. But I think it's why we saw her unraveling on the show a bit mm. with the money laundering, the government's alleging that transactions were made in a way to avoid detection of or reporting of the transactions, that there were offshore accounts, that the businesses were put into um untraceable names. So there were different LLCs put in different names. They didn't allege all of the offshore accounts, but in the underlying indictment, there's over 10 different accounts for attached to different businesses. So she's being connected to all of that. And we might see more business entities brought up, but that's in the forfeiture aspect. So they were our, the government's trying to get the funds out of those businesses.
0: So could it be possible then that the alleged money laundering stopped because the cash flow from those companies had then stopped? That's how
1: I interpret it, is that the the conspiracy to commit money laundering involved all of them and the way money was moving, and then the others got arrested, and those sales floors probably stopped. It doesn't mean she stopped bringing in leads, and she might have had other ways to sell them on things, but not with this group of defendants. So that money laundering behavior that they're alleging with all of the defendants stopped because the other defendants are charged with the wire fraud and obstruction of justice. They're
0: not charged with the money laundering. Could she possibly cut a deal for bringing in some new information that can maybe further incriminate the current people under investigation or possibly even bring in some new people?
1: Uh, I don't think they anticipate new people based on the statements in the press release. I don't think they have any other targets that they think are out there. I think this is it. Could she try to cut a deal if she listens to her attorneys, but her behavior on social media indicates (laughs) that she's not accepting responsibility for any of this at all. Um, If I expected someone to cut a deal swiftly, it would be Stuart Smith. Because if I'm Stuart's lawyer, Mm. we're sitting down and we're having a a real chit chat. I'm going, look, what you're not going to do is go down for this bitch right now. Like, that's not what we're doing. You are going to tell the government everything they want. You are going to try to get the minimal amount of prison time you're entitled to. You are going to tell them everything, and you are going to keep moving on with your life. You are not going down for this person. They're your employee. And- and you can explain to the judge, this was my employer. Like I, yeah. she said on she said on screen, I would do anything for her. And I would, and I believed her that these were legit businesses. And I thought some of the movement was wrong. And I thought maybe she was avoiding taxes. I didn't quite know the whole scheme of it. I'll tell you what you want to know. I would like to not go to prison for very long.
0: So she's definitely facing jail time. I mean, she's unless, facing prison time. Unless, yes, she, she's, unless she suddenly has like dementia and Alzheimer's at the same time.
1: the shade is glorious. Um, She's absolutely facing prison time. And when the government was arguing at her arraignment over her bond conditions, they were arguing that, first of all, the shade was brilliant because the defense for Jen Shaw was arguing the amount of bond, which allowed the government to give quite a lot more information, being well aware of everyone that was listening to the call. And they were arguing she's not a flight risk, she's a public figure. And the government attorney, the AUSA, was like, Well, we don't know how long she'll be a public figure for. Like, she's really essentially saying she's really not that big of a deal. And she is facing substantial prison time. And the judge did find her to be a flight risk, issued the million dollar bond with the $250,000 in cash or other assets and two other signatories. And those signatories are going to have to present themselves to the government to be interviewed to present their financial documents. And those people are financially on the hook if Jen doesn't show up either to court dates or to turn herself in if she's sentenced a lot of times in these cases with the federal government, people like the college admission case, people will remain out of custody. They will eventually plead. The judge will then have a sentencing hearing. Both sides will argue sentencing. The judge will determine a sentence, and then they will set a future date for you to show up and just go to prison when it's convenient for you, right? We saw that with the Judices as well. They staggered the prison sentences because they were parents. And so it it works more like more like appointments than in the state criminal justice system where you tend to see people being held on bail they can't afford, um, being held in custody until they go to trial, going to trial, and then you just transfer them from you know county custody to prison. It's very different in the federal system.
0: So as just a Bravo reality TV super fan, I've narrowed it down to three potential theories of like, what this could be. And one of them is uh, uh, in terms of like, her continuing to come on the show, despite knowing her history and her relationship to all these other people that are being investigated. The first one I think is she was either too arrogant to think that she was going to get caught. She was too ignorant to realize that she was doing anything wrong or she was too desperate for the fame that she was willing to risk it all, knowing that she could potentially have a Teresa Judice, you know, turning table moment. Which of the three do you personally think is most likely? Um, I will take option number
1: one, Zach. Here's the thing. This scheme is alleged to have been going on since 2012. Mm-hmm. I worked with fraud defendants. They were my favorite because when you kind of go along the scale of criminality, fraud, fraudy, fraud, fraud-y fraudsters tend to think that they're smarter than you and smarter than everybody else too. And we definitely saw some of that when she was making her answers about her business. She's like, what? It's business because I do business with business and things and an algorithm and business. Why don't you understand? I do business. I'm super wealthy because business business, business, business. And that's not uncommon from what I saw too. And the longer these things go, it's just like with Tom Girardi. I don't think the first amount of money he misplaced, stole from a client was $11 million like he was charged with, with the Rui Gomez family and had a judgment issued against him. I think it starts with 50,000 here, 100,000 there. And it starts with these smaller bites. And then it's like, oh, I can just do this then? Sweet. And then it tends to grow. And I think that's what we see with Jen Shaw, because this is alleged to have started in 2012. And generally, these things grow and grow and grow until people feel untouchable. And that tends to be the same time that the government uh, perks up their little ears and starts investigating.
0: What do you think is Coach Shaw's involvement? Because he had a history as a lawyer, correct? He used to practice law. Yeah. And I would just assume, because she said her, according to her bio, she has twenty years of marketing experience, and she, you know, this is basically her world. She knows how to market through telemarketing, through internet marketing, through social media marketing. So that's her forte. I would assume there would be, as a married couple times when like if I had my own Tom Girardi I would ask him for legal advice do you think he was in some way coaching her it's really hard to say if if the
1: government had enough to believe he was involved like actively involved they would have indicted him as well they're not gonna hold back on that I, what he was telling her behind the scenes, I don't know. But again, it also depends on how much of her own bullshit she believed. It was like, oh baby, you don't understand it's marketing. And we bring in these leads and then we sell the business opportunities and we take their businesses online. He might not know that there's no delivery at the end of that story, that clients aren't getting getting the businesses that they're being promised he might not have known that um if she's like no i just i bring in leads and i do lead marketing and i do lead generation and then these people sell them these business opportunities they go online and it's all great i can see him saying okay that sounds great did he not know about the offshore accounts and all the llcs they're alleging Stuart smith was setting up those businesses that's what we heard in the arraignment not Coach Shaw, if he was the one setting up those business entities and filling out that paperwork, he would be indicted along with them. So I don't know. And that might have been intentional on their part. Um, There is still spousal privilege where you can't be forced to testify against your spouse. So I don't know what we'll see from Coach Shaw. I think if I'm Coach Shaw, And if I'm counts, I think if I'm coach, I'm getting my own attorney to have a conversation with. But I think you put your head down, you stay off social media and you try to weather the storm for your kids and
0: your family and your own job. So trial is set for October 18th. What do you predict (laughs) will happen? Is it possible that she could be walking away in handcuffs at that point?
1: So. I think the first thing we'll see is her legal team trying to push that trial date further. I think it's likely that that trial date can get pushed. She and Stuart Smith got thrown onto a moving train because this has been going since 2019 and the other defendants are ready to go to trial, the ones that haven't pled. We'll see if more defendants plead as we get closer to this trial date. If she goes to trial, she'll still be out on her own recognizance. If she's convicted, unless something changes, she could stay out on recognizance until her sentencing date. It's not that they will necessarily handcuff her and take her to jail the second that she's you know, convicted by a jury, if that's what happens, because of there's this such a large bond. It also is going to depend on her behavior going forward. Um, being flippant on social media can hurt her here, where the government's like, look, Your Honor, she's not taking this seriously. What's to say she's not going to just bounce? Also, there's Allegations from the government that she was not forthcoming and honest in her financial statement forms. So it's really going to depend on her behavior going forward. Because if I'm if I'm the prosecutor sitting there watching this on social media, I'm just recording all of it, waiting for the day that she's like, "No, I'm so sorry." It's like, really? You're really? Hold on, let me find you singing in the car. Let me find all the clips of songs that had to do with criminality. Let me pull up all the free Jen Shaw uh, posts. You're not sorry. You're not sorry, you're not contrite. There's no there's no uh, feeling bad, nothing. And if she didn't know it was fraudulent, I would have expected a statement from her attorneys, and this is just my expectation, saying, you know, statement from Jen Shaw, Jen is not going to be posting on social media other than business obligations. She is saddened to learn of these charges. She will fight to prove her innocence, and she is going to be keeping a low profile. We have no further comment at this time. Thank you. She's going to be fulfilling work obligations only. That's not what we've seen
0: it's wild how much, I mean, we saw it with Erica and that was wild, uh-huh. but at least with this. Erica, at least with Erica, she was, she divorced Tom. Like, I don't get it. I don't like it, but at least with her, she's, you know, post filing for divorce. She's claiming that she had no, you know, awareness of what was going on. Where's, with jen shaw like she was arrested you know and bravo's i'm sure going to exploit this so there's a good chance we're not going to see her go to prison in in production for season two and there's probably a good chance that she'll be around to film the reunion for season two
1: i would imagine so i don't know when they film those um whether that's a smart thing to do is a whole different conversation and whether Bravo will want to do that. I, I will be fascinated. And then I feel guilty. Like it's giving me, I, I am internally same with Erica. I'm internally torn about, do I continue to put my attention to this with Erica? It doesn't feel as gross though. Her social media posts feel gross to me, but with Jen Shaw, do I continue to put my attention towards this woman who's, got such serious allegations against her. And there are victim families out there having to watch this and watch her just live her best life with the devastation that comes with being a victim of financial crime. And it's the same way I feel about the Girardi victims who were former clients. They're sitting here watching all of this play out after their lives have been turned upside down. And it just, it hurts my heart for them. Um, Erica's, postings beyond the stuff that's obligated, like the Fenty posts and stuff that are clearly business obligations, just don't sit well with me. But I also understand she's like, I've got a personal brand. I am not getting any money out of anything coming from this marriage with Tom. I'm going to have to fight to survive and make my money and fight for my place on housewives because I don't know where, where does Erica go in to get another job after that? Like she needs to, she needs to Teresa do this, shit, write a couple more books and, and find a way to continue making this her career. Uh, with Jen Shaw, I feel differently. She is facing substantial prison time. She's going to probably face substantial restitution. And her continuing to flaunt wealth is going to be used against her in court.
0: I would envision Bravo keeps her for season two. I don't know if they would keep her for a third season.
1: Well, I imagine she's going to go to prison yeah. when there's yeah. a third season. Yeah.
0: I can't see... But in based terms on of-
1: the allegations, I can't see her getting out of this. Right. I could see her her trying to cut a deal for less prison time, but I. I could also see her going to trial and being like, this is my moment and thinking it's legally blonde where she's going to like sit there as the beautiful defendant and just, you know, have her moment and just be like, take care of me out. Like I can, see, I can see it. I can see all of it.
0: I also see, cause like you look at the, um, Teresa Judai situation where she got to have a comeback moment. She got to write a book. She had her million dollar contract waiting for her when she got out of prison. Uh, or yep. you even see like Amber Portwood on MTV's teen mom where she she had her domestic violence issues and she voluntarily went to went to prison and she came out and the cameras were ready following her But I just feel like this is so much deeper. And I share those same feelings of like guilt of like, do I want to give them this attention? Do I want to give them? But then at the same time, it's like, well, how many of us are watching the Jeffrey Dahmer documentaries on Netflix? It's like sensationalism and controversy are just, it's entertainment for us. Unfortunately, that's our culture. And it it is. Is Is Bravo (laughs) going to continue to exploit that? There's a good chance that they will. And there's a good chance that they will because they know that we're going to watch it.
1: I think if Jen Shaw is convicted at trial, pleads guilty, depending on how she spins it, there might just be a lot of disgust with it and be like, yeah, I'll watch season two, but then we're done. Yeah. Maybe give her an hour like life after prison um, where she sits down with Teresa and has a conversation about what it was like for them. But I can't see them bringing her back on Housewives, no, not full time. If she has a substantial amount of restitution to pay, and we know that she's working and that money's going to the victims' families, I feel better about watching it. Knowing, hey, you're paying restitution, and you still need to make money. I, I get it. I, can I support that? No, but yeah. do I? Will I watch? Probably. Yeah, yeah. I probably will. I want to see the FBI pull over the <laughs> van with the ladies trying to go on the girls' trip. Like, I want to see it.
0: Yeah. Well, and and think about it. Like the money. And I feel that, horrible. The money that Teresa made from her book deals and from housewives that had to go back to paying off the debt from you know defrauding all of the lenders and the banks yep. and you know like that money yes went to them but it wasn't to go to them to have this glamorous lifestyle like Teresa had to right. work ten times harder to pay everything off and to provide for her girls. Yep. And and she
1: indicated was it. Last week, it was sometime during the season where she talked about the reason she got the house, because she paid off all the restitution for Joe as well, um, which was very interesting to see her really talk about how much hustle that she's put in to make sure that those that those debts were clear and paid. And I have respect for the way Teresa handled herself in all of it. Um, The allegations weren't great. However, when it comes to financial crimes, for me, there's a different level of copability when you're defrauding corporations versus defrauding individuals and right. asking them to take out 401ks and borrow money from their family. There's a different impact level there. Right. We've watched the federal government bail out banks time and time again. There's just I have a lot less um, kind of empathy for for banking corporations and mortgage lenders. Right. This is part of what they do. They have checks and balances to ensure they're not defrauded and were here. And that's why they went to prison. Teresa signed the documents. I'm sh- I don't think she knew what she was signing at all. That seems to track with her behavior. I'm sure Joe said, babe, you need to sign this for the house. And she was like, yeah, whatever. Fine. Um, but she just, she stood up and said, "I signed I signed it. What do you want me to say? I signed it. I didn't know it was a crime. It's a crime. There's no getting around it. I did it. So yeah. I'll just do my time. And you saw a little bit of anger coming out from her that I felt was warranted. She was betrayed by someone she trusted. That's not what's going on with John Shaw. Now, Stuart Smith, that might be what's going on that yeah. he's betrayed by someone he trusted.
0: And I think he's going to flip on her.
1: Oh, I think he has no other oh, option at this. He point. has no other option. No. And if I'm Stuart Smith's wife, I'm like immediately, immediately you are talking to the government. <laughs> if I'm his attorney, I'm like, let's look at what the government has And I'm going to let them know I'm amenable to conversation. Yeah. Like, we need to look at discovery, but we are amenable to conversation is absolutely what I would expect. And as a prosecutor, when I arrested those two, that's what I would expect, too.
0: Okay. So you mentioned Teresa signed some paperwork from her husband, and she was a little ignorant in what she was participating in. Now, we've come to find, last time we spoke, we talked about Erica Jane and her wanting the 600000 um the money from the house that's supposed to go to the Rui Gomez fa- uh, family, and she's asking for her um the word Homestead is not exemption. Yes, exemption. I was yes. thinking the word eviction, but exemption is, is the term. <laughs> and so now we're finding out that there are documents that have now been submitted that show with her signature on it that basically show that she knew Tom was taking out loans against the House and she relinquished her right to any of that money that was owed to the lenders. That's right.
1: And it's, the signatures are very odd to me. They are not, the two signatures together are not consistent. And what this is, so the, the bankruptcy trustee is trying to compromise with the Rui Gomez family. These are clients of Tom. They were injured the PG&E explosion. They got a $12 million judgment. They only got a million of it. They went to court and sued Tom to get their $11 million back and then had to go back to court because after they won, he didn't pay it. So then they had to go back to try to get it. They have a lien against all of his personal property. So the bankruptcy trustee is trying to resolve the claims that the Rui Gomez family has for this 11 million dollars amount. They're trying to settle it or compromise that amount. Erica Jane came in and it wasn't just her because Tom's first wife right. also came in and said, wait a second, we have these other claims that we think come first. So if you're going to sell the house, when it sells, we should be paid before the Rui Gomez gets 80% of what's left over. Now, I don't know how this will sort out in the bankruptcy court because I'm still unclear that Erica Jane has any community property rights in that home at all. I don't necessarily think she does. Clearly, her lawyers think she does, or they wouldn't be filing this exemption because PR wise, it looks bad. Really bad. I mean, nobody likes it. Everybody feels like gross. Why? What? Why are you asking for this? But The homestead exemption is something that they are entitled to. Now, Cal 2 is one of the many lenders in the bankruptcy courts that is coming forward saying, look, Tom Girardi and Girardi Keese owe us money because we were financing these lawsuits before they resolved. And the way that kind of lending works is that a lender will kind of front the money to the attorney. The attorney will do all the work on the lawsuit. And when it settles, the lender will get paid back out of the proceeds that come into the attorney because they're working on contingency, which means the client doesn't pay until they receive a settlement. So this lender was having a lot of difficulty with him. I did a podcast episode early on in the bankruptcy about. All of the allegations this lender made in the Gerardy keith side of the bankruptcy saying we lent him money and then it didn't get paid and then we were trying to attach this and they got a judgment against him. What they're saying is Erica signed away her rights and property until they were paid back. So if Tom had passed away and stuff had gone to her she was signing over the rights to them. That's not uncommon in business lending like this, that if they're attaching property or if there's a personal guarantee that the spouse will say, okay, there's a personal guarantee that comes before my rights as a spouse to any of these monies and I can't object as a spouse. We saw two of them, which is interesting. The signatures are wildly different. I wonder if Erica will say that Tom signed those. I'm still not confident that she signed both of those, because they're worded very different. One's on Gerardy keiths stationery, the other's not. But interestingly enough, they say that she's the only heir. So I'm wondering what's going on with the will behind the scenes too. Mm. Is there no one else in Tom Girardi's will? Is it just Erica? Because it says she's the sole heir. And that's interesting as
0: well, because he has a number of children. Right. So my interpretation of these documents that have come out is basically just that she is... Not entitled to that $600,000 exemption, but not necessarily that this incriminates her in some sort of way, other than knowing that he was taking out loans.
1: She knew she would have had to have known if she signed these, that there was a litigation lender that was saying that they had rights to the house if they weren't paid back. Now, how that conversation would probably go is hey you know i've got this lawsuit and this lawsuit and that going and this going i need more money from cal but they want the house attached because they want more collateral so i need you to sign and say that they have the rights the collateral but you know this judgment's coming in and that's going to cover this and it's all going to be fine i imagine that's exactly how that conversation went if that conversation happened and tom didn't sign these himself or have somebody at his firm sign them because again I'm still not a hundred percent that these are Erica's signature because they both look wildly different. So if she knew, if she signed these, she knew that there was a lender that was taking out a lien on the home, but the home again, might not be community property, but they have a lien on not just the home. They have a lien on all personal property. And that's why she would have signed it because the lien is on everything that he owns, not just the home. I don't think she gets the homestead exemption anyway. I don't think it's community property. Tom could get the homestead exemption, but this is showing that he would have signed that away too, because he's saying anything is waived by Cal to getting it. This is going to be very interesting to see how the court decides it and to see if Erica responds to this at all. I think that'll be very telling.
0: I think people, if anybody has gotten a book signed by Erica Jane at one of her book signings and you have a signature in that book, I think you need to send me a photo of it in the DMs (laughs) so we can compare these signatures and see which one she likely signed. But so basically, because people kept sending this to me and they're like, she knew everything. You see, she's just as crooked as he was. And for me, I was kind of like, this doesn't really, because you also watch the show and you see that with her housewife's contract, he told her, she had him look it over and he's like, just sign it. And then she tried to give it to Bravo and they're like, no, you need to have a lawyer look this over. And so like, she wasn't really, she admitted on the show, she wasn't really reading documents. Like she trusted Tom to sign whatever she needed to sign. So she could play dumb like Teresa Judice in this case.
1: I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure that if he asked her to sign it, it's like, hey, this is a work thing. Um, If something happens to me, they're just going to get paid first, but don't even worry about it because they're going to get paid out of this thing that's coming down the line. I'm sure it was all the same kind of fast talk he did to the lenders. It's very telling to me that neither of these signatures are notarized. I have no idea why a lender that's on the hook with Tom Geordi for $8 million that's already having issues with him paying wouldn't have the signatures of the spouse notarized. The other stuff is notarized. I've seen other documents that she has signed online notarized by the exact same notary that either worked with their law firm, which is not uncommon or unusual. But then why weren't these two things notarized? And why didn't the lender have them notarized? It's very telling to me.
0: Telling in the sense that she could possibly kind of walk away say that they're
1: yeah say that she didn't sign them there's one that looks very much like the signature from the vanderpump Apoll. uh the vanderpump sympathy note and then there's one that looks nothing like either yeah. of them so the two signatures are so vastly different um that there's room for her to argue i think that she didn't actually sign those i don't think there's room for her to argue that tom doesn't owe that um but i also don't know how much it will matter because i'm I still don't think she has a community property interest in the home. He bought it before they were married. There's no indication that she's put money into the home, that she would have done something that that brought her into the home. I really think that the home is still Tom Girardi
0: solo. So aside from having like our conversation last, last time, aside from probably having to pay a couple of debts, she's pretty much still criminally, criminally free of any wrongdoing.
1: I mean, there is no there's potentially a criminal investigation we know that the judge in illinois forwarded it to the AUSA's. we know at this point somewhere there are a few AUSA's that have got to be like me going can we just be the housewives unit at this point we just want to look into all of it like we volunteer as tribute let us just be the housewives unit at the u.s attorney's office but there is an investigation going it would be very difficult to prosecute erica on her own without prosecuting her alongside Tom Girardi. And the conservatorship will play heavily into whether they will decide to do that or not. It might not be worth the time and resources when he's going through the two bankruptcies. He's being stripped of his license to practice law. It might not be worth it to the AUSAs to prosecute it. Cause at this point, what to what end? To what end do you prosecute it? To put him in jail for a few months, it might not be worth it to them. And they're not going to, I think, prosecute her alone. But we'll see. If they turn up a lot of egregious stuff and fraud and money being laundered and hidden, then my opinion would absolutely change.
0: It's hard because it's like I find myself in having these conversations with people like feeling like I'm almost defending Erica, but also at the same time being like, I'm not trying to defend her. I'm just trying to show that she's not as guilty as I think people want her to be because they dislike the character that they watch on the show. Whereas like with Jen Shaw. I don't like Genshin's character and Genshaw actually looks a lot more criminally responsible and guiltier than we want to believe. The,
1: well, there's a lot more culpability for yeah. Shaw because she's been indicted. Yeah. By a by grand defense. jury. Yeah by the southern district of new york like they they do they do not play i don't know how to better emphasize that they have like a 98 or something percent win rate because they do not bring shit they cannot prove yeah. and when you're seeing them lose things they're probably losing one or two of the lower lying defendants in these larger cases but with erica there is nothing yet in the public that says this thing proves that Erica knew everything Tom was doing. This one thing proves that she knew that that money was coming from clients who weren't being paid. I don't know if she knew about the Rui Gomez settlements. And it makes it hard for me to say she should have known when even the state bar was doing nothing. Yeah. There was no consequence to Tom. There were suits against him by former clients. A lot of them ended up aging out for statute of limitations, but there was no actual consequence that stuck. He's still having Joe Biden you know, hosting breakfasts yeah. and still in good standing with the governor of California. What would have indicated to her that something was wrong when everyone was still kissing his ass and he's still winning awards and has his names on buildings and is still revered? What would have indicated to her that that was built on a house of cards? I haven't seen it yet. I know people are like, fuck you, Erica. But you know what? Her Instagram posts are completely tasteless. Yeah. And they annoy the shit out of me. That does not mean she knew what was going on. And if I see something where I can go, you knew. This shows me that you knew. I will be the first one to be like, This shows me that you knew. I agree. I'm I'm so with Jen Shaw. She knew Jen Shaw knew at least in November 2019 that the, the, the cards were crumbling. And I think that's why she was so wild during filming, because the weight of knowing that this could come down any day was on her. And that's where I think we saw the drinking and the anger and the stress of all of it, because it was. It made
0: zero sense. Her behavior on the show made zero sense. It was so aggressive and so intense that it you knew that there was something deeper rooted and I just felt like there had to have been more than what she was saying about her relationship with Coach Shaw. It wasn't just that he wasn't home enough.
1: I thought it was I. I thought what we were seeing was a marriage that was like they were on the cusp of getting divorced, yeah. and she got the show, and she was like, "You have to be with me for the show. Yeah, like I'm not going to be one of these other housewives getting on the show and getting divorced, and and trying to keep that perfect life facade together." I thought the Coach Shaw thing was what was trying to keep the perfect life facade together. I didn't realize it was going to be a, you know, conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit. Uh, money laundering scheme that was months away from
0: falling down on her head. I know. Well, I guess it's wild. We're going to see the next season of Real Houses of Beverly Hills and the next season of Real Houses of Salt Lake City. I'm going to be watching. I know you're going to be watching. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Where I'm you gonna be. I need to go back. I'm going to be going back and re-watching Salt Lake City, yeah. um, and keeping a different eye on behavior with all this new information. But I'm gonna be watching these next seasons like week by week with a notepad
0: going. Okay, well, what do we know and what are we seeing? Notes. I'm gonna have yep. the magnifying glass ready. I'm gonna be yep. ready. I'm gonna be ready. I'm Home- not just gonna watch it mindlessly while cooking dinner. I'm gonna be screenshotting oh, and yeah. all of it. Yeah home At home, detective. I mean, and that's the thing
1: is that legally blonde, how, Emily. <laughs> uh, legally blonde. You're legally, you're legally, <laughs> platinum. legally platinum <laughs>
0: fabulous.
1: Um, I will definitely be watching very closely, and I think, you know, I hate to say that some of these uh, larger lawsuits have almost become gamified, but that's what I've seen through commenting on lawsuits and legal troubles that are in the public eye. Is that People can watch it unfold because of how much individuals are on social media. Right. I mean, if Erica wasn't on social media currently, if she was only if she came out and said, I'm only posting what I'm obligated to post due to business contracts, then people wouldn't really be calling for her head in the same way. I don't think.. Yeah. Uh, same with Jen Shaw. I, I think people playing it out on social media and then playing it out on reality TV brings everybody in. To judge, and people want to sit and be like, "Well, are you doing this and are you doing that?" And I just want to see, like, does the does any of the behavior give away what was underlying and what was coming? I'm very curious. Well, we'll see. Really we'll see. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Bravo is going to be gagging over these ratings. Andy oh, yeah. Cohen's just going to be like, "I can't believe she did Find this." Find more also, criminals.
0: No, <laughs> I, can't
1: this. Yeah. I mean. I, at what point does this become
0: mob wives? Like <laughs> that should be the all-star show is like the, the housewives, mob wives. Um, can you, you get, I mean,
1: Luann could get in there. I mean, yeah, hers was Kinsley. pretty low level, but Luann could get in there. You know, you've got enough people that have had stuff going on that you, I mean, almost one in each franchise that have had some kind of legal troubles. Yep. Yep.
0: Thank you, Emily, for calling in Thank and you, chatting Zach. with me. Where can people follow you to keep up with all of your legal analyses and commentary?
1: Absolutely. I am at the Emily D. Baker all over social media, keeping it easy. I'm live on YouTube on Tuesdays and Fridays, and you can always tune into my podcast, The Emily Show, where we do you know deep dives into the legal shit behind the stories you want to talk about.
0: I love it. Listen to The Emily Show. Go subscribe right now. Subscribe to her YouTube channel because those lives are juicy. Just like we're going to be watching Housewives in these upcoming seasons. You're going to be there listening to her live, taking notes. I literally have pages of notes from listening to your lives, Emily. I'm not even lying. Thank you, Zach. Um, thank you so much for listening to Hashtag with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. If you want to grab some Blondies by Jenny McCarthy, you can go to Blondies by BlondiesCocktails.com or you can go to Ride if you're in California. Pick up a can. They're really yummy. I love them. I'm gonna be doing more drinks of the week because summer is coming and I'm ready to get lit while we watch all of these Housewife shows together. Don't forget to follow the show at No Filter with Zach on Instagram. Join our private Facebook group because it's really juicy and we have really hot takes, especially about Erica and Jen Shaw. So join in on them and get ready. Lots of good interviews to come. Again, you need to go and give Emily D. Baker a follow. Emily, one more time, what is your Instagram handle? Thank you. I am the Emily D Baker. I love it and I'm Jess Plain Sack and I will talk to you next week. Bye.